Welcome back, everyone, to the CX Cast, co-hosted by moi, Angelina Jenis, and my colleague, Adele Sage. Hey, Adele. Hi, Angelina. Today, a guest from a small company you may have heard of. We have Ken Lane, VP of Customer Service Operations at Verizon. Hi, Ken. Hi, how are you guys? Great. So we have Ken on today because we heard that his team did something a little bit extraordinary when everyone was going remote. But let's take a step back before we get into that. Tell us a little bit, Ken, about the people who make up your organization of customer service operations at Verizon and what they do for the customer. Yeah, you got it. Thank you for that. And we are a group of people that supports all of our customers across Verizon. So the entire footprint within the country, we support those customers. And the job that my team does within customer service operations are really supporting the people who support the front line. So we're made up of operations professionals who do force to load management, workforce planning, reporting and analytics, communications, training components, we have just about everything under our belt, including our technology solutions team. So imagine everything that you need to do from a frontline perspective to serve a customer, we provide that ability for them to do that really well. And I know Verizon is huge. How many frontline agents do you have? We have in customer service, we have about 17,000 internal employees. So it's a large wow. group. And then we have a significant amount of partners that we use as well to handle some of our work. So. It's a lot of people that we support out there for sure. And I imagine a lot of calls per month, per year. What's sort of the average that you guys get? Yeah, it's uh, well over 70 million transactions annually. Wow. Yes, that's why we, we work so hard to take good care of our customers. They need us at times and we want to be there for them when they need us. And obviously you need a good size operations team to make sure that all of those calls run smoothly and those agents have what they need, et cetera. So it all, it all makes sense. It's a really good question. It's not just a matter of the old school operations teams you see in the former call center environment. We are heavily engaged in technology now. It's a very complicated environment in call centers. It's not what it used to be. So not only do we have more advanced tools, but our customers are using more advanced products and they're interacting with us through more advanced digital tools. So we have to understand all of that. We have to understand that where they've been in the journey and if they're calling us, have they been on .com or in the app? Understand the emotion tied to that transition over to voice and or chat and messaging and make sure we're taking good care of them. Honestly, it sounds like a complex customer success organization. In other words, not just trying to be reactive and solve problems, but actually think about the next step on the customer's journey. Yeah, that's right. And we've got a really great team within Verizon, uh, a CX team within Verizon, and they're folks focused on the Omni journey that we work very close with, arm in arm with, but they help us map that whole journey. And some of it's proactive, some of it's reactive, and making sure that we're really understanding why that customer is reaching out to us or contacting us. A lot of predictions, a lot of SOI in there. So we're not just answering a call. We know a lot about that customer before they even pick up the phone with us. So you have everything at your fingertips to help the customer, but then something unexpected happens like COVID and suddenly you can't operate as usual. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what the transition was like in those days and weeks when we realized we had to get everyone working from home? 
Absolutely. And a trying time for all of us, of course, uh, every company and every individual in the United States and across the globe were dealing with this. And so it's not unique what we were going through, but we felt like we had a slight advantage of our experience when we needed to get everybody home safely. And that was our primary focus was making sure that we got our employees home safely, first and foremost. So the cool thing about this is we had a strategy element already in place that said, hey, in five years time, we have a certain amount of our representatives that we know we want to get working from home. We know the technology will be advanced enough. We know that it's a benefit from an employee experience standpoint. So let's do that. We built that five-year plan out. We got approval on our five-year plan. And as a matter of fact, already had about 3,000 of our employees working from home in a home-based agent design. So when this hit, we were able to pivot very quickly. It was a matter of looking at this and saying, okay, everything we have from a home-based agent perspective, pull that forward bring all of that thinking in to this crisis and execute this crisis. And we got about an additional 14 to 15,000 people working from home within 12 days. Wow. And that, that's equipment being shipped to their homes, that's provisioning of all network components, that's making sure that they've got the proper setup in their home. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of employees at that time were sitting on wood chairs and card tables uh, doing everything they could to get it going, but it worked. And that was the beautiful part of it. And along with that, as we got a couple months into this, and you guys remember, right? Everybody was like feeling like next week, it's going to be fixed. Next week, it's going to be fine. It's going to go away. Well, we're still here today and it's, it's not gone. And that strategy that we put into play that had the five-year view of pulling our agents to work at home, it allowed us to really quickly make a decision a couple months into COVID and say, hey, we've got everybody already there. This portion of our five-year journey is happening right now. So what do we need to do to keep it that way? And we just, we went through the entire plan and understood all the things that we needed to do to make it successful, to keep our employees working from home. And that's the decision we made. And we're now going on 10 months of this and it's so far so good. We've a lot of learnings along the way, but so far so good. So it sounded like it had to be all hands on deck to get folks set up at home. Who on your team was sort of making that happen? Was it a change from their normal role? Did people kind of have to change roles to make this happen? Yeah, we've got a continuity team within my organization as well. So think disaster recovery, business continuity. And that, that's the team that immediately engages with our corporate teams as well. And we start putting all the planning in place. So they take the helm. And it's a single point of contact for all of customer service. And that team, that person administers everything for us. So we are on calls all day long uh, during the first month, check-based calls, update calls. Uh, we had all of the players from each of the organizations, our GTS, IT partners, everybody we needed to make sure that we were making it happen safely and quickly. So it sounds as though you went from a five-year strategy to a five-month strategy. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. And there's so many other components of our strategy that are important to understand too, but this was the big one. And it's also worth mentioning that you guys remember when this was first happening, that our physical points of distribution were all closed. Like everybody was closing retail stores, uh, restaurants, you name it. Well, we have a significant fleet of retail stores across the country too that were impacted and had to close down for a couple months. And one of the really cool things about Verizon is watching our employees rally to serve the customer 
And they did this in a great way with our retail partners. Almost 7,000 people from our retail stores jumped on and started taking calls and helping our customers. And we did a really fast training for them. And of course, they were already awesome at what they did, serving customers in retail. But we got equipment sent to their home. We put them, put them in a queue and uh, they did a fantastic job. They helped us take millions of calls and help millions of customers along the way, which was just awesome to watch. Because I imagine your call volume must have been way up. Really? Yeah, because at that point, everything that's happening in physical distribution has shifted and it's, it's sitting somewhere. It's either in digital or it's sitting with us. So yeah, we saw a big spike and, you know, we had to do a lot during that time frame to also care for our customers while caring for employees. What was happening in employees' homes was extraordinary. People, all of a sudden their kids are home and they're all working from home themselves and it just changed the dynamic. So we had to reduce hours slightly for a little bit of time to get a gauge on what was happening with our employees. That didn't last long. We were able to increase after that, but it was a lot of pivoting helping people with schedules that our representatives working from home, working around daycare issues and just doing everything we could to make it flexible enough for them to take care of themselves and their family while taking care of our customers. Complicated stuff, but the decisions came easy. When you keep your customer and your employee in the forefront of everything that you do, it just works. And it just really made it easier for us to prioritize things when you think about how engaged we are in our strategy of our customers first and how our employees play into that. One of Forrester's predictions is that there's a future role for the in-person, the retail employees, that they would have a hybrid role being in-person yeah. in the retail environment and also taking calls or chats or some other kind of customer service interactions. Is that something that you think will happen longer term for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're working on it right now. So the beauty of it is we know that our retail employees can do customer service work. We had 7,000 of them doing it for months. So now what we're working on with our retail partners is really understanding their peaks and their demand and our peaks and valleys in our demand and when we could use them to help customers over the phone, maybe messaging, maybe, maybe video chat. So a hybrid project or pilot we're kicking off and we're going to get some good insights on that. Maybe we'll follow up on that with you guys at some point. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be awesome. And there's also that psychological element when you work in a store and the store shut down, you may get a little nervous for your job. So having a role in all of this is probably a huge emotional stress reliever to know that you're not forgotten about and you're actually being useful. I think so. And if you think about a workforce and, you know, traditionally we're the siloed workforces, customer service, store channel, financial services. But in this environment, we all came together and we did one thing, which was care for customers. And along the way, we learned so much. It was just really enlightening. And we learned a lot of business practice along the way, too. Things that one channel could do permissions wise that another couldn't do. And we were asking ourselves, why did we set it up that way? And we, we reversed a lot of those weird little things that we had set up that were causing us to not be able to serve as well as we needed to. But along with the comfort that you're talking about, it's the ability for them to work overtime if they wanted to. If the channel that they're reporting to has fixed hours, limited hours, because their volume is down and our volume might be up, they can come over and work with us. So that's the hybrid model that we're setting up. We think employees are going to love it. It's going to give them optionality in what they do, and it's going to help the business and our customers at the same time. And it sounds like good career development for them. Absolutely. Broaden their skills. 
You know, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that during our transition, when we brought all the retail folks in to help us, as they transitioned back out to the stores, we had some open positions that we were filling at that time frame. And we had a lot of them apply for these positions and came to work in customer service because they really found really great energy and excitement about the job that they didn't even know existed. So it was a great opportunity to kind of balance out what was really unique and helpful for them as an employee and how that matched up with our business needs. I can imagine there was also some fear about returning to a retail environment given the pandemic. Yeah. If they have somebody who's particularly susceptible at home that they could switch their role and maintain some space that they need as well. And I think that probably played into it as well. Yeah, because right now, I mean, we're all almost a year into this. Our retail stores are very safe environments right now. All the protocol that they've put into place is incredible. But that's still, you're still interacting physically with people that you don't know. And there's worry for some of them. And I, I do think that that played into it quite a bit. Sure. Good. Let's go back to that strategy that you have been implementing. What informed that strategy originally? Because it was informed before COVID hit. Was it customer research? How did you put that strategy together? And what was the rationale for wanting 100% of your employees to work at home? So tell us more about how you arrived at that as the conclusion. You bet. Yeah. We got together as our new operating model in Verizon. We refer to it as Verizon 2.0 two years ago. And at that time, we know we needed to start to do things a little bit differently, bring that customer more into the center of everything we do. And our CEO and our presidents of all the mobile division and the VB, our Verizon business division, everybody came together and said, here is our overarching strategy. And what we did in the channel was say, okay, now we have to have a strategy. And often, I think in call center environments, your annual budget and your projects for that year become your strategy. And that's not really what we're talking about. Like we have designed a five-year plan and we refresh it every year to keep it going. That ladders up to the company strategy on how we take care of shareholders, how we take care of our customers, our employees, and society. And so we ladder that up. And we did that in a way that said we have an aspiration around caring for our customers, doing the very best we can with every transaction, just being obsessed with the quality. And so to inform us on how to do that, we did a lot of outside in view. So we had tons of information internally, every, everybody does, but we really wanted to understand what was happening across the industry, not just in telecom, but in call centers in general. How were these things shaping up? So we used a lot of your information in Forrester. It was the primary source of a lot of the research that we did. Of course, we met with other big companies out there that are known for their CX and partnership with us through some of our business channels. And then we used Bain Consulting. They were great partners in helping us kind of pull it all together. So inside points of view, outside in point of view, research, using other companies as benchmark. And we built this operating plan that helped us understand, hey, things are really getting more and more complex from a technology perspective I mentioned earlier. So as the complexity grows year by year, We have to change the things we do. We have to change our systems of insight. We have to know more about the customers. We have to understand everything there is about them. And we also have to understand everything there is about our employees. So if you're going to match this one-to-one personalization view that we have, and sorry for the dog barking in the background, but you really need to 
be able to pull together that customer and why they're calling and match it up with somebody who has the perfect ability to serve that customer. That's not easy to do. And something that we are on a journey on right now, this is a big pivotal year for us to do that. So when we make those connections successfully, we know because we've piloted this already that we have better NPS, we have better first contact resolution, our value proposition on how we reinforce the value uh, with all of our customers is better. So retain revenue in those environments and we're more productive on those call types. So it really does work very, very well for us. Now, that decision that I was talking about earlier with getting everybody home 100%, we really thought at the early stages in our five-year plan, it was going to be 80%. We were going to focus on 80% of our employees working from home. And we're, we're going to leave and kind of keep internal some of that sticky stuff that you want to get your hands on as leaders and understand what's going on. So some of the perhaps escalation cues or some of the more complex work that we do to serve our customers. Well, when we got home, we just questioned everything. And it was great. Our strategy team just started asking questions about everything. And we realized that our thinking was probably flawed as leaders and as strategists, that our employees, they're doing great at all this. They're able to do everything that they need to do from home. And it was really our sense of security that we wanted them internal. And so we had to let go of that. And then that's when we shifted it to 100%. And I've talked to so many different companies about this one, too. Everybody has different points of views on what works. But right now, this is working for us. And we've got a lot more work to do to make it more of a flawless experience at home, an engaged experience at home, but we're moving in the right direction. You mentioned earlier people sitting on wooden chairs and everything felt very temporary. Now that it's more permanent, what are some of the ways in which you're enabling the representatives to really feel comfortable and productive at home? It's so interesting. I have monthly all-hands sessions with my extended operations team. And the one question that always comes up every single month that's become like a little bit of a game with us all is, hey, can we get some chairs? And they don't as much ask for desks, but they're certainly asking for chairs. So I don't want to let the cat out of the bag here, but we're working on a lot in this space. We know that their working environment at home right now is, is not optimal for them in terms of ergonomics. The desktop equipment, their technology, yes. Ergonomics, we can do more. So we're doing a lot with our corporate HR teams to understand what that looks like. And something also worth mentioning, that first group of people that we had working at home before the pandemic, that was a voluntary program. That was, those were folks that were energized to go work at home. And so it worked really well because everybody was aligned, right? In this situation, not everybody wanted to go work from home. The majority, the vast majority did, but they, they weren't expecting it. So I think the psychological shift as well is super important for us to understand. And none of us knew at that time how long this would last. And, you know, it's a couple of weeks, it's a month, no problem. We could all handle that, right? But what we've learned is that's not the situation. So everything that people are working through as humans through the pandemic, our employees are no different with the added pressure of being at home, working the whole time when the dogs are barking and the kids are schooling from home and everything else that's happening. So it's pretty, pretty interesting. I was thinking there was no need to apologize earlier. This is just the reality now. <laughs> exactly. We have children crying and dogs barking. and I love it. I think it's great. I was just on a call yesterday and one of my employees, little two-year-old just kind of runs across the room and everyone's like, hi, how are you doing? 
<laughs> it was great. That's just, I actually think it's more intimate. It's bringing us together more as employees. In the past, I would be in our corporate office. I would get out to call centers and see people every six weeks or so. When you're in the office, you're on a conference call, you're not seeing people's face as much. Now I'm actually engaging with people. I know it's virtually, but it's, it's engaging more often than ever before. I get to spend more time with individual employees and groups of employees than I ever have. So I think it's pretty cool. And that intimacy about understanding like what color of paints on your wall and oh, that's an interesting chair. And tell me about that picture up there. I was on a video the other day where somebody had a bunch of hubcaps up on their wall. I'm like, wow, that is cool. There's gotta be a story there. So I just think it's neat. I think it's a, a cool transition for us. Yeah. And it speaks to the fact that everyone is sort of a unique individual with a unique experience. So when when you were thinking about how this is ultimately a lot of individuals, a lot of humans, do you have any advice for folks thinking about how to ensure that their approach is going to work for everyone? Yeah, it's a difficult one. With anything in business, I think you try to make things work for all employees. But it's very hard because everybody is their own unique individual. And we encourage people to bring their unique selves to work every day or to the virtual office every day. But I kind of tie back to our strategy. The customer is in the middle of everything we do. And keeping the customer in the middle of all of our decision-making and customer service is really important. And now what you're seeing us do is bring more of this employee experience to drive customer experience together. So that we know is making a better connection with our frontline representatives. And that's going to provide some individuality of the interaction. So when I talk about earlier SOI for employee and customer, imagine as an employee being able to work on things you're really good at, talking to customers who have things in common with you. And those are things that we're, we're doing and we'll do a lot more of as 2021 continues and into 2022. So really helping understand that, making it easier for our employees to understand and have transparency in how we evaluate them. So, you know, in call centers, you have call mix. And if you have 100 different types of calls coming in, most call centers have a performance agreement built upon some subset of those calls staying with certain employees. The reality is when things like this happen, calls just go everywhere, right? You're just doing everything you can to care for our customers. So we've created a, a new tool, a dynamic PG or performance agreement that will be launching here in the next couple months that brings every single call type and its weighting of the metrics for each call type into that employee's experience and gives them transparency and evaluates them on call mix that they take and refreshes every day. So it's moments like that, that when we do this, we have to be thoughtful about really being as fair and transparent as we can with people. Make it easy on them. Don't make it hard on them. They're trying to do a really good job with our customers in a very challenging environment. So we need to make it easier. Keeping our employees really tied to our net promoter score trajectory, everything that's happening there, how they fit into it, helping them understand where they fit in the overarching uh, strategy that we have. All of that is important. And I'd say the area that we're working on that it still has a lot of room to improve, two pieces. Feedback. We get a lot of feedback from our employees, but we don't always do a good job kind of circling the wagons and letting them know, hey, we heard, we built, and we delivered. And that doesn't always happen. So we need to do a better job at that because they want to know that, that their feedback they're giving us is being worked. And it is, but we just 
we need to do better there. I think that helps a lot with helping people understand the mission of the company. In this case, are you talking about feedback they're providing you about their experience or feedback about customer experience? All of that. And so often those two things are the same. It's really interesting, right? Our frontline employees want to serve our customers with excellence. They want to do it with the tools and empowerment that work great for them every day. We don't always do a great job at giving that to them. So um, that's our mission. This year, our mission as part of our strategy is building out all that employee and customer SOI, making that connection, providing a lot of transparency to our frontline reps, but also engaging them more in the process, really engaging them more in helping us understand how we can be doing better on behalf of them and behalf of our customers. One of the things that I've heard from other clients of mine in this space is the challenge around keeping employees when they're working remotely engaged. When I think of a call center, I think of snacks around and there is like a energy in the room. And so how do you still give that feeling to employees when they're working remotely? Yeah. And I do think that that exact question hits on what's going to be the most complicated part of the journey of working at home. Nobody really knows yet what the answer to employee engagement is in a virtual environment like this for employees that were forced home through the pandemic. It's just different. So in the operations team that I'm responsible for, we have an employee engagement leg. So we've got a group of people who before the pandemic do nothing but engaging our employees through programs, incentives, comms, everything that we do how we go about communicating things that are happening with customers or that impact our employees. That team was kind of halfway in doing things digitally and using virtual tools and halfway in physical things happening in the call centers. They pivoted so fast and became a complete virtual and digital environment. And they have just been doing incredible things. So if anybody's thinking about Um, how important an employee engagement and communications team is within a call center space, especially if you're virtual, please lean into that. It's been huge for us. So they have created all these great digital programs. We're using social media very aggressively. Instagram is a big thing within Verizon. So if you want to follow us out there, check it out. It's really cool. We communicate a lot through that. We communicate a lot through our own digital tools that we have internally for engagement incentives every single day has some theme to it that we drive. We are very into volunteerism. And we started that as a big effort last year at the top of the line Verizon house, but also within customer service, very focused on society. And you're starting to see that kind of pull us together more as a community. So we've got, we've got a lot of things happening that are very good with engagement, but it's the unknown that I get worried about. We just don't, We don't yet know exactly what is necessary to drive longevity in this model, but we've got the right people working on it. And I'll tell you, our corporate HR leaders, our business partners in HR are awesome. They're doing some really great things uh, for our company, and we're feeding off of those and bringing those to our employees as well. We don't know what life is going to be like once we have herd immunity, there's enough vaccines, et cetera. What are some of the longer term things that you're thinking about in making 100% work at home work for you guys? I think part of that 
is understanding the effort of employee experience to customer experience and how those things work together. Some of it, again, is a little unknown on what those big things are, but we know that by improving our employee experience and all that we do. And that, that can be how we focus on diversity and inclusion. It can be the equipment that they use in home and their ergonomic setup. It can be schedules that we provide to them, flexibility around things happening in the home, all of which we're working through. I really do think that those components are going to help us be most successful in the long run. And we're really scaling up the skill sets of our leaders too, our frontline leaders. And I think this is a big deal. They've always been great at what they do. They're rock stars, but it's changed now and they need some help, right? I mean, they have to be able to manage differently than ever before. You're, you're not just walking down an aisle in a call center and tapping somebody on the shoulder and having a quick conversation. It's not happening. So how do you do that now through our virtual tools? So leaning in on more around virtual tools, I think is great. It's an important thing for us. We acquired the Blue Jeans asset for all of our communications internally uh, with video, and we're just keeping that rolling with our frontline and enhancing that more and more. And we think that that's gonna be a, a great platform for us moving forward, of course. But I wanna see us do more. I would love to hear more from Forrester customers, from everybody out there about what they're doing too long-term. But we know it starts with the employee. We have got to just double down, triple down on employee experience, and that's the plan. If only we could predict the future, right? Exactly right. We it's can. Difficult. <laughs> I'm not sure you ever said that you always saw 100% work at home as a competitive differentiator. I don't know if we know that yet. I think we think it, but... It's a great question. Is work at home a competitive advantage for us? I think the answer would be yes, from an employee retention perspective, right? I mean, as employees, you guys are going, we're all going through this. You're working at home now. You're paying for your own heat. You have everything kind of rolling yourself. And we, de we definitely had conversations with employees about this early on. But what's always the, just the overwhelming feedback has been from people that I'm talking to as well that the benefit of working at home, not commuting, not worrying about gas in your car and all the stuff that goes along with it, it's just so much more powerful than it was if you're working in an office. They just love it. And I, I imagine that for companies that do similar work in call center space that are having their employees go back into the office, I'd be surprised if our employees would want to do that. So I do think it's a competitive advantage for us by allowing them to be at home. We want to retain our employees. It's complicated work that we do. It's very complicated. The wireless world, the Fios world is complicated. So the longer that we can retain our employees, the better it is for our customer experience. It just, it's just better. That was Ken Lane. He joins us from Verizon, where he is VP of Customer Service Operations. Ken, thanks for giving us the inside view on EX and CX in your organization. Thanks, you guys. I appreciate it. Happy to do it anytime. So it was wonderful talking with you guys. Good to hear. We'll definitely take you up on that. This is the CX cast covering the latest research in CX, EX, design, and how it all comes together. Thank you for joining. Until next week. Bye.